You're listening to the Choose to Be podcast with host Alana Gordon and Amy Wolsey. As you join us each week, we will provide you with tools, resources, and knowledge to help you navigate your healing journey. Choose recovery, choose healing, choose you. Welcome to the Choose to Be podcast. Today's episode is from a webinar that I gave a few years ago. It's the first one I actually did. It's called Miracles in Turbulent Times. Miracles are taking place every day. This particular episode is Christian-based, a lot of the Christian gospel terminologies. So if it's not the episode for you, then join us next week, no problem. But I see miracles taking place every day. I see them taking place in the lives of my clients, and it strengthens me every time I hear their stories. I want to acknowledge those right now who might be feeling like everyone else is getting the miracle but you. I get that. It can feel hopeless. Today, the message I want to give is hope. And when I thought that God was silent in my life, or when I thought that he just was leaving me floundering (laughs) around, drowning, There were miracles taking place that I didn't see until later on or years later with some of those. There were so many times that I would just beg God to get me out of this situation. Get me out of this hell. But now I can look back and see that by me being allowed to stay in that struggle, going through that was the miracle. Because... I am who I am today because I was allowed to stay in that struggle. I see myself in a way that I have never looked at or loved myself before, and that's a miracle. And I even look at God and my relationship with him in in a way that I have never before, and that's a miracle too. I have also realized the importance of acceptance. And most often it's when I come to this place of accepting what is rather than arguing with what should have been, that's where the miracles can take place and where I can often see them. Sometimes what we want to be our miracle is not what God sees as the miracle. He sees something greater and different than what we can see at the time. There were times I begged God to take something away or make something work out or help someone change, have a circumstance be different. And when it didn't happen, I think, see, no miracles in my life. (laughs) And what I now know is that my ways are not his ways. My ideas are not near as great and miraculous as his ideas. I share a lot of my story in this webinar and how things that I didn't see as a miracle ended up being just what I needed. I talk a lot about when you're in this place in your life where you're standing before an ocean like Moses and his people, and you have an army behind you coming to attack you. So many of us are in this place in our life right now where it just feels like we're stuck in the middle between two impossibles. It feels impossible to cross this ocean And it feels impossible that you're going to survive because you have an army coming to attack you. So what do you do when you are in the middle of two seemingly impossibles? 
what I saw in my life and what I see my clients notice in their own life is the parting of that sea, the miracle. When it's unexpected, when there is no way our human brain could ever come up with an idea. I don't think for one minute Moses or any of his people had the thought cross their mind that God could just part the sea, right? So to us, to our human brains, what we think God can just do, here, just make this happen because that would be a miracle. He's looking at a much bigger, larger scale picture. And I have come to appreciate that. And I have come to trust that miracle, the way that God sees it in my life. I hope if anything, this helps you to start looking for them in your life to open your eyes perhaps to what you're not seeing as miraculous and begin to feel the hand of God in your life. So again, miracles in turbulent times. Here we go. So I've really experienced just about everything you can imagine. I mean, from finding out his pornography addiction that he had before he even got married. I got married at 19, but at that time, knowing nothing about pornography, certainly not knowing that it can be an addiction and not knowing what to look for, being very naive, all that. I know a lot of us share that aspect of the story. I'd like to base everything I'm talking about today in Exodus chapter 14. This chapter honestly explains my journey the best. So I'm going to use this story. So in the story up until this point, the children of Israel have been set free. And at some point, the Lord tells Moses to turn directions and actually head towards the sea and camp there, right in front of the, the ocean. And back in Egypt, the Egyptians are wondering what the heck they just did and letting, you know, letting their slaves go. And they were super ticked off and they're going to go get them. In fact, the word in there, it says the word pursued, they pursued them. And under that footnote, it says the enemy said, I will pursue, I will overtake, I will draw my sword, my hand shall destroy them. So this is where their hearts are at, their mindset. So the children of Israel, they see this army of 600 chariots coming after them. And so of course they're freaking out and fear completely overcomes them. They turn to Moses and they're like, you freed us only to let us die out here in the wilderness? What the heck? Then they say this, it would have been better if we stayed and remained slaves than die in the wilderness. They would rather go back and be slaves again and enslaved and captured and have no freedom, oppressed, than do what they're doing right now. And it seems so crazy when I read that, but actually I know exactly how they felt because I felt the same way in my own escape. So I had a little less than three days to get my kids. I said, pack a box. We all packed a box, loaded up the car, and we drove from Kentucky to Arizona. And it was horrible. My car kept overheating. I was stranded a few times. I finally figured out that if I pulled over every three hours, let the engine cool off, it would stop overheating and keep me 
plugging along. Then the next day, something went wrong with my tire, but it was a Sunday. I was in this small town, nothing's open, except this junkyard that I found. I went in and the guy's like, yeah, go ahead, look around, try and find this tire. Like he wasn't gonna look, <laughs> just go back in and, and wander around and find this tire. So I'm wandering around this junkyard, um, looking for this dumb tire. My four kids are waiting in the car. It's starting to rain on me. My husband was blowing my phone up, telling me, stay right there, stay right there, that he's gonna come and get me and bring me back and force me if he has to, whatever it takes, you're coming back. And I remember standing there looking up and thinking, I can't do this. Maybe it would be better to go back. Maybe we better if I returned to that bondage. So I can totally relate to why that looks better because I felt I had this ocean in front of me. I knew God turned me towards the ocean. I mean, I had my answer. I knew he turned me towards that just like he turned the children of Israel towards the ocean. But I felt like I'm standing there and the ocean scares me. I have like such a fear of the ocean. So <laughs> this analogy really freaks me out. <laughs> so I felt like I'm looking at this ocean and then I feel like there's this army behind me coming for me. So what do we do when we find ourselves living in between an ocean and an army? That's a frightening place to be in. So in verse 13 and 14, it says, and Moses said, to the people, fear ye not, stand still, and see the salvation of the Lord, which he will show you today. For the Egyptians whom ye have seen today, ye shall see them again no more forever. The Lord shall fight for you, and ye shall hold your peace. So Moses says a couple things here when they start freaking out. Don't fear. Be still, see the salvation of the Lord, which he will accomplish for you, by the way. The Lord will fight for you and ye shall hold your peace. And then in 15 and 16, the Lord says to Moses, essentially, why are you crying to me? Go talk to the children of Israel. Go talk to these people, your people, so that they will move forward. Like, get them going. And then he tells Moses, oh, and by the way, I'm going to part the ocean. There's going to be a miracle. So miracles are not only meant to help us know that God is real, to increase our faith and resolve in Christ, but to also help us move forward, to progress, just like it says in this verse, so that they will go forward. They were stuck. And Heavenly Father does not want us to stay stuck. He puts us in positions, like he positioned them, right? To have the ocean in front of them where they couldn't go anywhere and an army behind them. So sometimes we're positioned to be stuck between an ocean and an army, but that's not where he's wanting us to stay. And a lot of times when we're experiencing this, especially betrayal trauma, we feel stuck. And then we blame him. You put me here, you put me in front of this ocean. What the heck? But if we really look at the big picture and especially what happens in this story, 
we forget that the Lord said, oh, by the way, I'm going to part the ocean and I'm going to show you a miracle. One of the things that we can count on in this life is that after we receive revelation and answer, where we know what we just got from God, we can always count that Satan will surely come and try and get us to question that and cause fear every time. Just count on it. But parting the ocean is going to look different for each of us, but it's still a miracle and it still requires faith. So standing there in that junkyard, thinking that it would be better if I just go back, that made me feel captive and those feelings again, and was reminded that the Lord provided a way. He provided an escape route. He told me this. I knew I needed to move forward. Somehow I find, found the dumb tire and was able to move forward. And if I did move forward, it's like, great, glad you parted the ocean, but that doesn't look fun to walk through at any moment, it can come crashing down on me, right? So again, even if we know we need to move forward and we're trying, it's very fearful because, well, what if this happens? And especially with those of us who've had the abuse, we know it's going to happen again. It's just a matter of when. So trusting the Lord is really, really hard. But what keeps us from seeing the miracles in our life is fear. And I wonder if sometimes if we don't even see the Lord actually parting the ocean in front of us, that, that we don't even see that miracle, that a lot of times we just, you know, stay stuck and just stare at the ocean. So going back to this concept of living between an ocean and army, Moses told them a few of these things, like I mentioned, and I, I really want to focus on these principles that helped me all the times that I was standing between my ocean and army. And so the first thing he said was don't fear. And I know that's easier said than done. One of my favorite scripture examples is third Nephi chapter four, when the Nephites are being attacked by the Lamanites and the Lamanites have shaved their heads, painted their bodies or naked. They were just complete savages. And the Lamanites start charging the Nephites. They see the Nephites drop to the ground and they assume that it's because of fear. But really, it says this, but this thing they were disappointed for the Nephites did not fear them, but they did fear their God and did supplicate him for protection. Therefore, when the armies of Gideonhi did rush upon them, they were prepared to meet them. Yea, in the strength of the Lord, they did receive them. Have you ever considered that the Lord might not stop the army from coming after you, but that he can actually prepare you to meet that army. In that strength of the Lord, they did receive that army. Have you ever considered that through Christ, we can actually have enough of his power to receive what's coming at us? I know that seems impossible to even consider that for some of us, but I invite you to consider that it's possible. During my divorce, I saw a lot of ugly come at me. One night I had got a text from him. It was very um, frightening, caused a lot of fear. Once again, I found a miracle. I found the ocean path open in front of me. And in the scriptures, I was reading about Laconius, 
Laconius just received this letter from Gideon High. As I was reading this letter, I realized how much it was just like the one that my ex just sent me. It was threatening, uh, twisted, and manipulating to make it seem like Laconius was the bad guy. So I was so intrigued to see how in the world Laconius was going to reply. And then I came across this verse. And it says, and he could not be frightened by the demands of a robber. Therefore, he did not hearken to the epistle. Didn't even hearken to the letter. That was my answer. I did not need to hearken to him. So I know this seems like a no-duh moment, but after being abused for so long, I had so much anxiety and fear over how to even respond to a text or an email from him. I mean, I went into like complete shutdown mode. I would have an anxiety, a literal anxiety attack where I couldn't move my body. Like one of those real attacks where your like limbs are paralyzed just over how to respond. And because of how he twisted everything and accused and it was threatening. And anyways, for me, this was a total game changer. The thought that I actually don't have to respond. And so this was a miracle for me. I'd actually written this in my journal and and I hope you don't mind me sharing this with you, but I had written down this. I have learned that fear is debilitating. Even when we understand the concept is yet another thing to actually replace our fear with faith. It's a second by second, then minute by minute choice. Eventually it becomes day by day choice and the fears that once were suffocating will become more and more in the distance. Fear is only as big as I allow it to get. It makes trusting God easier and then I can trust myself easier. To have unmovable faith does not come without a price. Letting go of my wants and accepting God's will. It's harder to do in the midst of evil, but I testify it's possible. So remember the miracles along the way. Okay, the next thing he said was stand still. In the world, we stand still with an ocean in front of us and an army behind us. Finding a place where we can be still, being still in our thoughts, being still with the Lord. My place to stand still is the temple. And about a month after I had moved to Arizona with my kids, I think I had decided to divorce at that time, but was still like in conflict about that. Doing the whole, well, is this Christ-like number on myself to divorce? I knew I had to get to the temple. So I was still unfamiliar with Arizona in the area. So I just typed in LDS temple into my Google maps and off I went. I thought I was heading to the Mesa temple. I was in um, Glendale and I was, thought I was heading to Mesa and I um, totally forgot that they had just built the Gilbert temple, but that's where my Google map took me <laughs> was to Gilbert. So I was shocked. I was like, oh wait, what, where am I? I mean, it was, it's beautiful. So it was a pleasant um, surprise. I'm glad it made the air. But while I was there in the temple, I had such a desire to hear from my heavenly father. Um, I was like, okay, I need to hear from you. Like I need your voice. I need to hear something from you about what is going on. And I was super determined. So I went through the session and I'm listening and listening and trying to pay attention and not really hearing anything and went through the whole session, nothing, slightly irritated by that time. Then I'm in the dressing room and I'm taking a really long time to undress, <laughs> thinking I'll hear something any minute, get undressed, nothing. 
now I'm a little more irritated. I'm getting ready to leave now, anytime. <laughs> I just bring it on and still nothing. And I'm just like, oh, I'm not leaving. So stubborn. I'm like, okay, fine, I'm going to go to the bathroom. Maybe I'll get it there. So I go to the bathroom, still nothing, which I get not quite the appropriate place to give me inspiration. So I get out of the bathroom and I'm just like, oh, fine. Okay, fine, 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 fine. Not going to have it today. So I just decide to leave. And as I'm walking out of the women's room, a woman passes me. I'm going out. She's coming in. And as she passed me, she backed up and she's like, excuse me, but she's like, are you by chance? That's my maiden name. I was, it stunned me. And I was like, yeah. She goes, are you so-and-so sister? You mentioned my sister's name. And I'm like, yeah, that's my sister. Then she tells me her name, which I can't remember, but apparently she was at my sister's wedding and I was there and she had met me or something. So I was like, oh, wow, small world. Great. Ha ha. You know, whatever. I was not in the mood to chat at that point because I was super mad that I did not get something from Heavenly Father. So I really wasn't in the mood to talk and be polite. Anyways, she's talking or whatever. And all of a sudden she just stops. She looks at me and she goes, okay, I have to tell you something. And I have no idea what you're going through, but I feel like that you need to know that your heavenly father wants you to be healthy and happy. And tears just flowed down my face because that spirit was so strong when she said those words. And I knew that that was my message from Heavenly Father that day. <laughs> and I find it so ironic and so godlike that it was right as I was walking out the door when I didn't expect it. It's almost like, I know you're stubborn and I'm not going to appease you, but that was a total miracle for me. And so when we stand still, we can hear him. I also have to say, I know that sometimes we can't get inside that temple because of our kids or for whatever reason. But let me tell you, there are parking lot angels, in case you weren't aware, for drive-through visits. So if you just need to drive through, there are angels there too, and it's powerful. Remember the miracles along the way. Okay, the next one is see the salvation of the Lord, which he will accomplish for you. So it's only through our Savior, Jesus Christ, that we can attain salvation. But have you ever thought about what it's like to see his salvation in your life? I know that seeing his salvation is what heals our hearts, mends our wounds, it softens our hearts, and it also helps us to see the miracles. But it's really hard to let the Savior save us when we are still tied or tethered to whatever is holding us back. One time I was leaving my son's baseball game and my ex was there and he did, I did a really good job at avoiding him. But at the end of the game, he tracks me down and starts in on me. Needless to say, by the time I got to my car, I was sobbing and I sat in my car again. I was just like, oh, Heavenly Father, when will you save me from this evil? Like enough of this. When can I be free from this? And right as I said that, I had this vivid picture come to mind of where my ex was standing there and he had this rope tied around his waist and I was tied around my waist on the other end of the rope. 
I was shown that he, as he was dr dragging, as, as long as I was tied to this rope, he was dragging me along and I was being beat up, scraped up along the pavement, bruised, broken. And that if I untied my rope, that I would be free. And the spirit showed me what I needed to do to untie that rope and to be free from that. There's lots of ways that we hold on to that rope. We feel justified in it. It can be very confusing and scary to untie it, but the savior will save us, but we have to untie ourselves from what is going to drag us in the dirt. Okay. The next one is he will fight for you. So another favorite scripture that helped me was in DNC 9811. And it says, and I, the Lord would fight their battles and their children's battles and the, their children's children's until they had avenged themselves on all their enemies to the third and fourth generation. <laughs> so you might be able to guess why I loved that verse so much. I may have been in a justice seeking revenge phase at that time, but I loved it mainly because it took the pressure off of me. It reminded me that the Lord is the one who avenges and, and has that justice. All throughout the scriptures, we can find um, examples of when the Lord willingly fights our battles. Do we trust him enough to do this? One of the things that I found that happened pretty quickly after I lost trust in my spouse was I lost trust in God. It's normal for that male figure in your life that you put so much trust in. Um, when that fails, every kind of male figure follows in that lack of trust. So I really struggled with trusting God for a long time and had to work very hard to get that back. But do we trust him enough to do this? Can we let go of our justice seeking and revengeful attitude enough to do this? I had an experience one day that that again led me to total loss of hope. My faith in the gospel was even shaking from this experience. I was shaking, like totally trembling, crying, and desperately seeking, pleading with Heavenly Father for help. As I was kneeling by my bed, I heard him say so clearly and so strongly, yet so lovingly, don't you trust me? And it was in such a way that I could almost see the expression on his face. Have we not been through enough together? Have I not been there for you? Helped you? Trust me. I've got you. It was so strong and so powerful. It truly helped me trust him just a little bit more. For me, that was another miracle. He also said, Moses, to the children of Israel, ye shall hold your peace. And we know that peace only comes through Christ. We can't expect him to change our circumstance or to give us something, but we can expect peace. It's something that is unimaginable to think about how we can even possibly have peace when we have an ocean in front of us and an army behind us. I learned just how much gratitude helped me hold my peace and keep me from fear and confusion during my hard times. Being single and trying to make it on my own financially was really, really hard. And at one point I had to get a new car, new used car. 
I had to use all of my emergency fund that I saved to get a, a new used car. Basically just another clunker. Even that story of how I even found this car was a miracle. But one day I was driving this car that I got and I, was, I don't know, probably a month maybe after I got it, the check engine light comes on. I just could not believe it. I was so mad. I had just used everything that I had to buy this, this stupid car. And I had prayed about it. I fasted. Like, what the heck? I did everything I was supposed to. So nothing's supposed to go wrong. <laughs> but I was super mad. So I dropped it off at the mechanic, got home, and I walked like from my front door straight to my bedroom because I was going to have a little chat with Heavenly Father about this. I was so ticked. I knelt down by my bed. And I looked upward and I was planning on saying, why? Like, why in the world would you do this to me? This isn't purposeful. That's what I was planning on saying. But as I looked up, literally, um, I opened my mouth and out came, thank you for my children's health. And it shocked me because I was not planning on thanking him for anything at that moment. But tears started to just roll down my face as those words left my lips. And I humbled myself and said again with more reverence, thank you, Father, for the health of my beautiful children. And I just ended my prayer and went and made dinner. And I felt better. I felt a grateful heart. When I got a call from the mechanic, I was holding my breath, waiting to hear the damages. I was stunned to hear that everything was fine. He's like, yeah, we can't, like the light went off. We can't get it to turn back on and there's no problem. Everything's fine. Total miracle. I had learned a valuable lesson that from that moment on changed me and that the power of gratitude. I just started thanking him for everything, everything, <laughs> the sun, the moon, for laundry, soap, you name it. I was thanking him, especially when I started to feel the fear and the panic I just started naming things that I was grateful for. I mean, driving down the road and it's like, tree, tree, grateful for a tree. <laughs> rocks, like whatever. There's pretty much only trees and rocks in Arizona anyway, so not a whole lot outside to be grateful for. But anyways, it was a game changer for me. And what's funny is that car got me about two years down the road without any problem. But when the Lord knew I was a little bit more stable, one day out of the blue, the engine literally blew up. Just boom. So it's like, I mean, again, it's like, okay, that's, that's a good one, Lord, funny. Thank you for keeping it running for two years, whatever. But at that point, it wasn't like catastrophic. I was a little bit better off and I could find a, a better car. But anyways, that was kind of funny. But I know that we can have power and peace when we are grateful, when we're standing between the ocean and the army. I know that miracles are given to help us turn to Christ. I know that they help us turn to God. Heavenly Father performed a lot of these miracles, if not most of them in the scriptures that I can remember, to show the people that he is God. But it's really to help us progress. I really believe that those miracles that he shows us along the way is to get us to move forward because he knows that it's scary to be in front of the ocean. He knows it's scary to walk through it. He knows that. So he shows us these miracles along the way to help us. So can you look back 
and see those miracles in your life? Has your testimony grown just a little? Do you know a little bit more about Christ? Do you have more knowledge than you did before? Are you feeling stronger? Whatever that is, can you correlate that with a miracle in your life and identify them? And I know that as you identify how the Lord parted your ocean, that you will find strength, you'll find hope, you'll find peace, you'll find power. The Lord knew that this path, how he took me through was what I needed. I am so grateful for my journey um, and very blessed. And I owe everything to my savior, Jesus Christ. I am grateful that I got to know my heavenly father in a way that I would never have known him before. He was my partner while I was single for that many years. I didn't have a man in the house to help me keep an eye on these kids. And I told him, I was like, all right, you and me, you got to have my back. I do not have all of these eyes anymore. And who knows what those kids are doing. So you got to just light me up when I need to pay attention to one of, one of them. And so I just looked at him as my partner during those times that I was single. It was beautiful. It was a beautiful relationship. And I, in fact, I remember, sorry, one more thing, thing and then I'll end. But when I got engaged several years after, I was in the bathroom doing my hair. And I was having a conversation with the Heavenly Father like I always did. And I had a distinct impression that relationship was going to go away with that intensity was going to go away once I got married. And then it was supposed to be that way because I now had a partner, but it was a little hard. I didn't want to let that go because he's a perfect partner. I know he still is there for me. I know that he still listens, but there's a sweetness that comes with that. And I just want to testify that you have, as a daughter of God, the right and privileges to that partnership with him. And it's beautiful. I hope this message brings you even a glimmer of peace. And I invite you to look for the miracles in your life that you may move forward. Remember, moving forward may not mean that it's free from hard. I don't think walking on the floor of the sea was easy, but it will get you to the other side. And I know that's what we all want. Thanks for listening, everyone. Take care. Thanks for joining us today, everyone, and hanging in there with us while Alana and I wrap up our summer. We will have a few more episodes coming up from past webinars and presentations that we have given, so tune in for those, and then we cannot wait to start our next season off with a bang with brand new episodes. Until then, we hope that you are all choosing recovery, choosing to heal, and choosing you. Take care, everybody.